Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Televi, and joining me to take your questions this evening are Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments and independent analyst Chris Gilmore. If you'd like to send questions to us, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Uh, Chris, Wayne, good evening to you both. Um, ironically enough, Wayne's got uh, a, a blinding light behind him and he's in South Africa and we've got stage six load shedding and Chris, you're sitting in the virtual darkness because of the Scottish winter. Um, so Chris, let's start with you. Um, not a great day for the South African market today. Intriguingly, the RAND actually doing quite well back at 17.13 at one point, um, and notwithstanding the Sage 6 load shedding, which is really horrifying for, for those of us here. Um, so, so was the RAND partly behind the overall weakness on the All Share Index? Because there were some very strong gainers, and hopefully we'll get to those uh, shares like Woolies and Vodacom and Tiger Brands doing well today. Chris. Are you asking me, Julieta? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, look, I think also we had the, uh, the GDP figures coming out yesterday. And I think that was rather unexpected. You know, um, that was actually very, very positive indeed. And there, there, there may be some, some, um, uh, some, some you, you may have to look a bit closer at, at those figures to get to the bottom of what's actually really going on there. But nevertheless, um, maybe things aren't quite as negative as they appear. By Jove, you know, as I was saying, I was in Joburg last week and um, the load shedding was, uh, <laughs> was, was pretty rough. Although I was staying in a place that had its own generator and, and so that was immune from it. Um, but yeah, as you, as you say, the... Um, the load shedding is, is, is going to be a feature now for, for probably many years to come. There's no sign that that's going to go away. Mm. Uh, do the markets really care? I'm not entirely sure that they do. Mm. Uh, Wayne, what do you think? I mean, you know, if we, t if we refer to the GDP numbers, I mean, you know, agriculture had a very good showing. So there's that. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot of supposition that businesses are ESCOM proofing themselves, you know, to, to great cost yes. um, and at great cost. Um, but do you think that's maybe what's actually coming out in the GDP numbers? Um, and therefore, it's quite sort of positive for stocks in the JSE, for example, the SA Yeah, Juliet, I think, that, I think a couple of things. I'm not in South Africa. That's why I've got electricity. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, good for you. So, okay, yeah, exactly. And secondly, I suppose you could say in all the December results that we saw coming through from the South African orientated stocks, they were all good. All the retailers, I mean, Apsis trading update, you know, they're getting, they're getting growth. People are demanding credit, you know, they, they're getting the credit. So, you know, maybe it's not as bad as expected, but the number was big when you annualize it, there's over 4%. So all, all economists are going to revise their growth forecast for 2022 a little bit upwards, which is, of, of course, all good news. But to come to the point, I think, of, of Eskom and two things, you know, we are a remarkably resilient nation and we cope with many, many things. And Eskom has been around for 15, well, load shedding has been around for 15 years. <clears throat> You've probably already made a plan if your business is going to survive. And then secondly, I don't think it's it load shedding will be with us forever because the private sector is coming into this space enormously. There could be in the next three or four years, 100 billion, 200 billion rand spend on generate or generation capacity mm. so no matter what eskom gets up to the private sector will probably step into the gap and we will probably be out of load shedding in two three four years time mm. but until then because of some major 
breakdowns that are going to take an enormous amount of time to fix and Kuberg one unit going down, load shedding is going to stay like this for at bare minimum another six months, I would think. Yeah. You know, at this level, load shedding is with us for a while. But at this level for probably six, seven months, you know, stage four, stage six, et cetera. Yeah. A horrifying prospect, I have to say, but uh, but there you go. Um, okay, let's talk about that because there's a question that's come through on recession stocks. So, you know, the GDP figures, figures would indicate the growth that we've experienced <clears throat> would suggest that we're uh, not in recession. But anyway, so the question is assuming that South Africa is going into a recession next year. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that firstly. What are the panel's views on one or two solid conservative slash defensive South African stocks to invest in for at least 2023? Chris, so firstly, do you think South Africa is going into recession? Um, and could you think of a couple of shares that you think would be defensive, whatever the circumstances? Uh, well, this kind of begs the question that, uh, you know, obviously in terms of the the actual uh, stats, SA figures, the, the Reserve Bank figures. No, it's not in recession right now. Um, but again, you know, with interest rates rising the way they are, and this is a is, is predominantly, a, apart from being a, a mining economy, a mining-based uh, economy, it's predominantly a consumer economy. So at some point in time, the rising interest rates have to surely have an impact on consumer spending. Now, look, you, you, you see it in things like um, house prices, which have all been, been obliterated. Um, but as yet, you don't really see it in retail sales growth. Now, there is a very good visual inverse correlation between um, crime rate and, and retail sales growth. As one increases, the other one falls back and vice versa. And um, so, you know, you should actually be seeing that, but you're not. You're actually not at this point in time. And as Wayne says, it's a very, very resilient economy. And that resilience is being tested to the absolute maximum. I'm not sure, entirely sure where the money is coming from. Having said that, um, I watched the, the Lewis uh, presentation the other day. And, you know, they're starting to advance more credit, for example. Um, if you look at a graph of um, household debt to disposable income, that has been coming right down over the past two or three years. So perhaps... You know, without getting into the realms of, of advancing reckless credit um, or advancing a cre credit recklessly, um, there is space to advance uh, credit uh, to, to, a far, to a greater extent than, than has been the case up until now. And maybe there will be some, some more spending. Um, okay. You know, so if you look at some, some of the... Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're actually saying you don't think it's going to be... You know, if, if, if spending continues apace and credit growth continues apace, Maybe it's unlikely that we would get into a recession. Uh, Chris, is that essentially in a nutshell what you're saying? Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. When do you concur? And then if so, yeah. what shares? Uh, but either way, I mean, are, are there some sort of obvious defensive stocks for next year that, that have floated up to your watch list? Look, it's very likely the world is going into a mild recession. Well, let's not say the world. Let's say the USA, Europe, Japan yeah. and the UK are going to some form of mild recession next year. Uh, China won't go into a recession. Their growth will probably be reasonable off the zero COVID base that they've established for themselves. It's unlikely that South Africa will go into a full recession simply because the percentage change in our interest rate off the interest rate base is significantly less than what's happened in the UK and Europe and the USA. I mean, if you bought a house today compared to a year ago in the US, your mortgage bond, 
costs each month are twice as high as what they were. So that will have a marked effect. So the, the world is going into recession and we can't escape that. But I doubt whether we will go into recession. And as you said, we'll just go for defensive shares by Vodacom, by the banks. The banks are very defensive. And as we saw once again in all the banking updates we see, higher interest rates in the shorter term actually benefit bank yeah. profits. They get a, a higher margin. Mm -hmm. So I would go for the banks and and, and, and Vodacom and maybe MTN because these are the two defensive stocks. I wouldn't go for the retailers because, as Chris said, higher interest rates will eventually bite there. Yeah. Okay. And I wouldn't go for the food producers because if food inflation is coming down or the rate of food inflation is coming down quite strongly next year, their margins will be squeezed. So I wouldn't go for the sort of food producers as a defensive stock. So, yeah, go for the banks and go for Vodacom. Okay. I mean, interesting to see how well Tiger Brands has been doing in the last couple of days since it came out with its results. Maybe that was also just people being overly bearish on, on, on Tiger Brands. Um, there's another question on a stock. Uh, Wayne, I'll get back to you. I'll go to Chris first. But it's on Coronation, which you have liked very much um, over the last couple of months. And the question is... Um, Coronation went ex-dividend today and lost 5.6% in value. Shareholders, to qualify for the dividend, um, have to hold the share till or on the record uh, rec uh, date, i.e. the 9th of December. So obviously a lot of selling today, hence the drop in price. Wouldn't it make more sense for current shareholders to rather hold on to their CML shares and then sell after the record date of the dividend two days later? Uh, so what's it, Friday? Um, am I missing something? Can anyone help you? <laughs> no, the share price is dropping equivalent to the value of the dividend, surely, isn't that, isn't yes. that what the, yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. saying, why is it doing it sort of, uh, why are shareholders selling out before, before the dividend is paid out? I, I, I think if, if that's how I understand the question. I don't know that they, I don't know that they are. Yeah. Look, what I think is that people are getting confused between the last day to register and the dividend payment date. The last day to register is when the share, when the price of the dividend is taken into account in the share price. The dividend is actually paid a day later, but only to those shareholders who were registered on the LDR date. And I think that's where there's possibly some confusion okay. coming through. So your share price should drop the day after the last day to register the LDR date, even if the physical dividend is only paid out a day or two later. No. Okay, that would make sense. Um, but just on coronation, um, Wayne, this was a, a stock pick of yours, as I said. Yes. Um, would it still, would you maintain, uh, would you buy coronation post the dividend? Yes, because, you know, the longer term outlook for equity markets in South African equity markets is actually reasonably good. I mean, I know coronation doesn't just invest in South Africa. Secondly, We've had a bull market now. The last set of coronation, of coronation results actually came out when the market was in a bit of a downturn. And they, their profits are directly related to the absolute level of the stock market. But most importantly of all, this is extremely lowly rated by the market. In other words, the price earnings ratio is low and the dividend yield is high. Mm. And that's classic time to buy good companies like these. This isn't a hold forever. It's not a blue chip share. It's a very volatile share, but the volatility happens to be on the downside now. And this is the time to get in, yeah. I think. Um, Chris, is this something that you would look at as well? No, absolutely. And I agree entirely with what, um, with what Wayne's been saying. Um, you know, when you've got something on a low PE, high dividend yield uh, at this point in time in the cycle, yeah, you buy it.
Okay. Then here's a question which um, I did put to both of you during the break, um, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Um, and, and the question is, yesterday, and I, I suspect this is true for a lot of people, I received an email from ComputerShare informing me that quite a substantial amount has been allocated to my claim with regards to Steinoff. Do any of your experts know how this should be handled tax-wise? I've since sold many of these shares and declared the losses. Uh, talk to your tax advisor, talk to your financial advisor. We don't know the circumstances. Yeah. We can't give tax advice. The only thing I can say is you're probably going to pay tax on it. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of the ultimate insult to injury, really, isn't it? Yeah. And that you're going to have to pay tax on this, something Marcus Huston never did. Um, okay, so talk to your, either your stockbroker or your, or your financial advisor or your tax consultant. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully, um, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's uh, that's the answer. Um, then there's a question um, for international stocks. Kindly ask Wayne and David, who's uh, in Australia at the moment, about the following stocks and which of the following they'd be more interested in buying: Salesforce, Nvidia, Intel, Amazon, and PayPal. Uh, Wayne, of those. Look, it's <coughs> big tech. It's stocks. difficult. PayPal. I think there's huge competition in the payments market. Every person you hear from is opening up a payment system or developing a payment system. And all the cell phone companies are doing payment systems. So PayPal, I think, will come under pressure. I like Amazon. I saw a comparison today of Amazon prices versus all the major U.S. retailers. And in certain aspects, they are beating everyone hands down. And in most products that they sell, they're 2%, 3% cheaper than the rest. So I would, I would go strongly for Amazon mm. at, at this price. In video we've spoken about before, I also like that. Chris, I mean, do you look at Salesforce, uh, NVIDIA, Intel? Um, not, not really. Uh, Chris might know a bit yeah. more about that. Chris, any thoughts there, um, particularly on the chip makers? I mean, there's quite, you have quite a, a, a plethora of options uh, in, in, in as far as semiconductor companies are concerned. Yeah, look, the semiconductor companies have had a bit of a torrid time recently. Um, and uh, obviously, Intel has been clawing its way back uh, ever since the, um, the, the pandemic. Um, so it, I think it's looking a little bit better now. But um, I, I would tend to steer clear, frankly, of, of, uh, of the chip makers right at this point in time. Um, I tend to agree with, with Wayne that Amazon, I think, would be the pick of those stocks, uh, undoubtedly. Uh, steer clear of the payment systems. There's really just too much pressure. You go back a few years ago, Visa and Mastercard, they were looking fantastic. But, you know, it's, it's a very crowded space these days. Amazon, uh, and I believe they're setting up shop in, um, in South Africa next year. Um, so South Africans will be able to get a, a direct uh, line into them for the first time ever. Mm. And um, that, that will be actually quite, quite interesting. No, look, it, it's, it's actually a wonderful experience. And I don't know if you've looked at the kind of... Um, shopping that they, they, they have, you know, that with their, their, their next generation shopping. You can just go in there, you pick up whatever you want, and, and you walk out, you, and it's, it's all paid for. Um, are they about are their right physical at, stores? The yes, physical stores are, yes. Okay. I mean, it, it is so far, far, far at the forefront of, um, of retailing. It really is quite incredible. There's, there's nobody uh, even remotely close in, in, in that kind of space. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're in a league of their own. Yeah, although, I mean, I, I must say, I mean, if you looked at, sorry, this is a veering off tangent a little bit, but if you look at Take-A-Lot's results, you know, they've, I, I guess you could say, upended the retail market, and yet they do it at a loss. 
and it's only they can only do it because they have the big backing of NASPASS um, and the bigger, mm. bigger backing of Tencent. Because if they had to show any sort of economic profit for their activities, they're unable to. And so I sort of wonder how good that business model is. It comes in direct, uh, up, disrupts people, but they can only do it because they have such deep pockets. Um, and Amazon did it for years and years and years, spent huge money, made a loss, um, and then eventually came right. And you sort of, there's quite a lot of hope to me uh, involved in it coming right and actually making a, a profit and not just a, a, a disruption. Look, I think, I think Amazon has the benefit of the economies of scale, the sheer physical size, numbers of, 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 of customers. I mean, Ticklelot is, is, is a much, much smaller entity altogether. And for, for something like that, you need to have the economies of scale that, um, that Amazon has got. Mm, okay. Uh, then there's a question. Yeah, um, this is a fixed cost yeah. game. It's purely a fixed cost game. You've got to have all your distribution centers, all your yeah. pickup points, all of your logistics. So it's a volume game. Yeah. You've got to get volume through the system. Uh, then there's a question. Um, uh, I mean, we talked about MTN, and, and Wayne, you said it would be one of your defensive picks. Uh, the question is, with MTN, Mondi, and Mr. Price falling in the past week, is, uh, are, is this a good entry point? To, um, and are any of the panel holding these stocks? There's also another question from a viewer who's very concerned about the fact that Mr. Price keeps selling off. Um, Wayne, I mean, I suppose, you know, we've already spoken about how we're a bit worried about what's going to happen to retailers in the year ahead. Would you say that's just being reflected yeah, in the, longer, the share price? You know, longer term, Mr. Price, I mean, they may be going through some difficulty now, but longer term, Mr. Price is an extremely good company. So I think maybe that's one you would buy, but you're taking a longer term view than the next year. Mondi, I still like structurally. I think they're correctly placed for the new online shopping and packaging and that I think they're very well placed for that. And then we've spoken about MGN already. Mm. Um, Chris, your thoughts on Mondi? Uh, you, I mean, you can see it's been, it's had this sort of, it had this plunge at the start of the year, and that was largely related to uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and, and how it affected their Russian mills, which were substantial. And then it's, it's, you know, it's had this kind of volatile year, but it hasn't made anything back um, of what it lost. You know, it's, we started the year at 400 Rand and we're still at just over 310 Rand a share. To be honest, I don't really look at the paper stocks, so I can't really give you much of an, an opinion on that. But when it comes to Mr. Price, um, you know, I was very disappointed in that last um, uh, set of results, particularly if I compare them with TFG. And, you know, that's a direct comparison. Yes, I know TFG is very much um, outwardly based in Australia and in the UK. Uh, and also it's very much into manufacturing, quick response manufacturing, whereas um, Mr. Price isn't. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, uh, TFG has been picking up significant market share. And by their own admission, Mr. Price has been losing significant market share. Mr. Price is a terrific operation. It really is. And, and it's producing at the right kind of goods at the right kind of price. But, you know, they, they have had a few hiccups. Um, I think, as Wayne said, you know, it's probably a, a temporary thing. Longer term, I think Mr. Price will be fine. But in the short term, I would rather be in TFG without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Yeah, I, know, I think a lot of people... Um coming to the same conclusion. Um, Wayne, to your comments about the amount of money that's going to be spent on generation capacity, there's a question that came through saying, so which listed companies are going to invest the 200 plus billion in the generation of electricity by the private sector? Um, I'd like to invest in them, but I don't know who they are. Do any obvious contenders well, look, come to mind? 
all of the all of the engineering companies, Howden, Invicta, they will be beneficiaries of this. Barlow will be a beneficiary of this. I suppose Wilson Bailey Homes will eventually be a beneficiary with some there's some could it be some fixed infrastructure spent and you know, those are the companies. But of course a significant proportion of that money is just imported. Mm. You know, it's imported goods. We don't manufacture it locally. Chris, any other thoughts there? I mean, uh, yeah, I've got a thought, but uh, I'd rather hear yours first. Well, bear in mind, you know, I, I've just mentioned uh, some of the retailers there. They're all going to have to spend, and TFG has mentioned, you know, in their annual, their, their, their last um, update, that they're going to be spending a significant amount of money um, uh, load shedding proof their, their, their stores. Because you go into a, a shopping center, and if it's, it, it's, it's suffering load shedding, you just, all, all you want to do is leave. It's, that's incredibly depressing. Um, <laughs> So that's going to happen. I mean, I went to the Tiger Brands presentation on Friday, and um, the amount of money they're spending on diesel it is absolutely horrendous. So they're, they're, they're looking at, at major ways to try and um, proof themselves against load shedding. So, okay, yes, it's, it's more of an indirect type of thing, but the, 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 the private sector is going to find elegant ways, elegant solutions to proof themselves against Eskom's incompetence and inability to supply mm. uh, electricity. Um, I have to say, neither of you have mentioned Roynitz. Um, and the only reason I feel uh, vaguely qualified to talk about Roynitz is because I interviewed them uh, a, a couple of days ago. And they have this renewable uh, aspect of the business, which is now running into billions of rands. And it feeds also into their cabling business. So they seem very chipper. And, and positive no, about the year ahead. So I suppose that would be the obvious one, in, I, I guess, in my books. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You don't even hear Roynitz. I've almost forgotten about Roynitz. You don't even hear them being mentioned yeah, yeah. virtually anywhere anymore. I mean, you know, Roynitz... But of course, the, it, banks are, it, the, banks, the banks are also beneficiaries because they're giving out the loans to do this yeah, business. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, would, would that be reason enough for you to buy the banks? Because they're lending two companies building generation capacity is that a way to kind of to capitalize on on the investment that's going to be made in private sector generation is that you know, it certainly will be a beneficiary okay okay yeah. so my suggestion would be ruin it i mean it's come off from about 85 rand i think pre-pandemic um they seem to be quite optimistic about the future for the business so um i would actually buy some royal chairs at the moment uh, but getting on to your stock picks chris what uh, takes your fancy well we had the trading update the other day city lodge it really is as, as far as i'm concerned an absolute sitter now uh we've seen the the very distinct improvement in uh, occupancies we've seen the vast number of increases in um, uh, airlines coming into south africa um, and whether it's uh, German airlines coming into Kruger International or whether it's, um, it's, uh, it's American airlines coming directly from Washington into, into, the, into, the, into, into Cape Town, doesn't matter. It's absolutely massive. The only stumbling block is the airlift within South Africa yeah. due to the, um, the demise of Comair. But nevertheless, the amount of uh, tourists uh, coming in is, 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 is improving dramatically. And relative to this time last year, um, if you look at the actual uh, business uh, travelers, that's improved significantly. M most people are back in the office again. So we're, we're seeing the, the improvement. 
um, with, with City Lodge. And um, I think we'll, we'll see next year, we'll probably see a resumption of dividends coming out of that company as well. Gosh, I mean, that would be quite a, quite a turnaround from the dark days of the pandemic in City yeah. Lodge's case. Okay, and we've already seen uh, who is it? Sun International paying a dividend for the first time in years, actually, yeah, not, to, yeah. not, not just um, uh, thanks to COVID. Uh, Wayne, what would you go for? No, I'm going for actually cash. The market really, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, lucky enough to actually call a bit of a market rally, but it's been so strong and so quick. I think we could see some weakness over the next week or two. I don't think it's going back to test previous lows. I don't think it's the bear market rally, but the recovery has been, I think, too swift. It's just been too sustained and too quick and too high. But I think we could get some weakness over the next week or two or three. So I would sit back in cash now and not pick anything. Okay. Sounds a, a fine idea. Um, Wayne, Chris, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, nice to chat to you both. Uh, Wayne McCurry is from FNV Wealth and Investments. Independent, uh, Chris Gilmore is an independent analyst and Zanati's back with Stockwatch tomorrow night. Have a good evening.